This is Tony Watley, the Side Hustle Millionaire, and you're listening to the Brand Domination Show with AJ Adams. Welcome to another epic episode of the Brand Domination Show with your host, entrepreneur, social media influencer, and magnetic brand expert, AJ Adams. Every week, we bring you strategies from top entrepreneurs and influencers to help you stop competing and start dominating in your life and business. Now, crank up the volume and prepare to dominate. What's going on, people? Welcome back to another epic episode of the Brand Domination Show. Uh, today, I've got a guest who is a beast in business. Uh, he's got built some incredible brands, and we're about to drop some serious value. Uh, he is, he's become known as a side hustle millionaire after his number one uh, selling uh, Amazon best-selling book, the, million, the Side Hustle Millionaire. Uh, but the book just isn't fiction. It's based on his actual story. Uh, he led a successful corporate career for over 25 years. Uh, but that honestly is less interesting than the side businesses that he's created, which generated millions of dollars in profit. Uh, he's an active entrepreneur himself, still owns a few businesses, but his real passion is teaching entrepreneurs how to start, scale, and sell their businesses uh, with his consulting brand, 365 Driven. People, Put your hands together, even if you're listening, and welcome to the show, Mr. Tony Whaley. Hey, AJ. Thanks for having me on the show, man. I can't wait to wake some of these people up and get them doing something with their lives, because a whole lot of people out there talking about doing stuff, but very few people taking action, so let's wake them up today. Yeah, man, absolutely. And this is the Brand Nomination Show, and people know the only guests I bring on this show are guests who are actually doing not thinking. Uh, I get hit up by people more and more often. Hey, can I be on your show? Hey, let's swap episodes. And I look at them and I'm like, look, you're not making big big enough moves. Uh, mm -hmm. So I appreciate you being on the show because I know you're uh, making big moves. You're connected to some really incredible people and you're just continuing to scale up and help entrepreneurs. Uh, so let's, let's start right there. Let's dig into that. I want to talk about the side hustle, a millionaire uh, concept in your book and that mission, but waking people up. What there are so many people that do talk, 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 especially now with mm -hmm. social media. It's so easy to talk and give the perception that you're doing when in reality you're still living in your mom's basement and just posting great photos. So let's talk about that. What 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 is it that people what's missing? Why are people not getting it done? Well, first of all, I don't want to like bash on people that are living at home in their mom's basement unless they got this persona like i've literally known people that had lamborghinis that still live with their parents so if you're doing that it's kind of <laughs> fucked up like you're not being you're not being genuine so here's the thing don't don't be ashamed of where you currently are as long as you have the motivation and drive to want to improve so i've seen people also go start their businesses and blow stupid amounts of money on floor space at a commercial property and just doing things trying to create the perception that they're more successful but they really start to gain these overhead costs. You know, when you got to pay a rent right. on, a, on a building or hire some employees to sit in the front just to look like you're busy, like that's not actually good business principles. So, you know what? Some of the most billion dollar companies out there started in home garages. You know, so the thing about that is like use, use your money smartly, but don't, don't try to create, your, you know, get ahead of yourself on your expenses. That's like the false persona. A lot of people out there think that they have to have an office space to feel validated as a business owner, it's just not true nowadays. So think about that before you get started. But if you want to take action, you got to look at inside you. There's a, some, there's some emotion that's driving this. You may have this competitive vibe. 
and you're seeing other people out there just crushing it and living the lifestyle that you truly dream about. And you're thinking, man, that's just not for me. I wish I could do that. But that's like what rich people do, or maybe they got lucky, or maybe they're a trust fund baby. So you get all these excuses that are rattling around in your head of why you're not that way. But the thing that I've Dude, I've helped so many people start businesses and seen people start and fail companies. It's very little difference between our intelligence. There's very little difference between our knowledge and our backgrounds and things like that. The differentiator that makes people successful is the ones who actually take actions and bet on themselves. It's really that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's so true. I, I had to come to that realization years ago as an entrepreneur because I would when I wasn't at a level of success I wanted to be and even now I, I'll never be at the level I want to be. I'm always pushing for more. And I have to constantly check myself. And this is a mindset that my clients struggle with and entrepreneurs that I meet, looking at someone and seeing their success and then comparing themselves, which is okay, but they're comparing in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. They're thinking this person's higher up at a higher level and I'm way down here when in reality it's it's, it's not vertical, it's linear. That person's mm-hmm. just further along. They've had more time, they've cultivated more. And I remember telling myself one time, which I remind myself often is, there are some really stupid people out there with incredibly successful businesses because it's not, like you said, it's not about being more intelligent. Mm-hmm. That helps. But if you can't take action, a, I mean, I have, I'm a high school dropout. I dropped that, then I dropped out of three colleges. So dropping out of educational things has been kind of my my uh, pattern. But I self educated. I put in the work. I learned. I networked. I uh, got mentors, and then I implemented. And I took action. So and that's made a huge difference. So you work with a lot of entrepreneurs. What is it that you see as the primary reason that they struggle to just get up and take action? Is it real life obstacles? Is it mindset? What what's the obstacle? Typically, it's mindset. I would say that the mindset is the number one thing that holds most people back. And the thing is, is we hang around with a bunch of people who aspire to be average. And they Mm -hmm. basically reinforce all these subconscious beliefs about you, who you are, what your potential is, or what you should get made, you know, your, your salary or what you're worth on the market. Like, they start to reinforce all these negative things and create these glass ceilings for you. And you start to believe that. And you know, as well as I do, AJ, when we operate on our on our belief systems, our subconscious, the things that are cruise controlling in the background, Yep. That is how we you know, make decisions on a day-to-day basis. So if you start to surround yourself with people who are not pushing you or encouraging you, or you're hanging around with people who don't see the potential within you, and they're just reinforcing this average fucking life, like that's what you're going to be stuck in. So if you want to look at the, the level of success that you're going to achieve, take a real good look at the people you hang around with. You've heard this before. I'm not the first one to say it. You know, They always say the things like you, you will become the, the average of the five people you choose to hang right. around with. There's a lot of truth to that. So you always want to be not the smartest person in the room. You want to be the dumbest person in the room. I love that you talked about there's highly successful people who are fucking ignorant and stupid. Like we've all seen it, <laughs> but you know what? That's a beautiful thing. That's like, if you can embrace that understanding and like use that to motivate you, you don't want to be intimidated by intelligence. You don't want to think like, oh man, I haven't gone to school and man, I don't have this degree and all these things that are just kicking you in the nuts. Like you don't want to have to believe that. So when you know that there's a lot of dumbasses out there who have become multimillionaires, like that's a good thing. Like, yeah, I have a chance too, man. If they can do it, I can do it. <laughs> you know what? That exact same thing actually got me through college. Here I am struggling. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a mechanical engineering degree, but I was not that good at math. I was very average at math. I just knew that engineering degrees would pay more over time. So I liked cars. So I decided I was going to get this engineering degree because maybe I'll work on cars someday, right? And I just remember like meeting other people who had graduated and things like, man, that person was kind of a dumbass. Like, 
they made it through this thing. You know, they made it. It's like, so that was like me throwing the logs on the fire back then, even in college. It's like, man, if these dumbasses graduated with this degree, then I can do this. So take that as a positive thing, understanding that, but understand the mindset, dude, it's everything, man. It's the foundation of every single thing, relationships, your self-worth, like everything's based around your mindset, dude. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's why you guys are listening to the, the Brand Domination Show. That's why you're watching. That's why you listen to other podcasts. It's why you need to go and uh, subscribe and listen, leave a rating and review on the 365 Driven Podcast, because it's all about shaping your mindset. And I had this conversation, my, my daughter's 15. And uh, we had the conversation last night at her volleyball game. She's one of the top players on her team, but she was really frustrated. They didn't play well. And she was, she was getting dig. She was on the floor. She was hitting and just doing playing hard. But what we've noticed with her is that she's on a team that doesn't have a killer instinct. That mindset isn't there. And they're, yeah, they're teenagers, but my wife was a division one athlete in college i was am, i'm a martial artist so there's got to be a killer instinct in mm -hmm. sports and business and life and so many people don't have that because they surround themselves like you said with people who have an average mindset and i love that you said this this is probably my favorite quote of the episode so far most people aspire to be average so they rationalize their life and their surroundings and circumstances to reinforce why it's okay for them to be average and the smartest people aren't always the ones who win because they, 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 there's that false perception. In fact, the smartest people tend to work for the dumb people yeah. because the quote unquote dumb people master one skill, building the team, building relationships. They get good at one thing. Decisiveness. So, Decisiveness yeah. is huge on that. So people who are over analytical, who overthink things and just over anxiety things, those are the people that don't make decisions. And you'll find the people who just go with their gut and their instincts they just fucking make a decision. And, you know, you can all like, here's the thing. Decisions are never final. You know, they're never final. You can always yeah. course correct. And most people think that that decision that they make, it may be in a very important one. They don't take it because they keep thinking like, it's not the right time. It's not, you know, I'm waiting for the perfect opportunity, all these just BS excuses. Mm -hmm. Then you got somebody else is like, you know what, what do I got to lose? Like, what's the downside? What's the potential downside versus the potential upside of making this decision? And you get really quick at just understanding like, I can only lose this much, but I can gain a whole lot here if I do this. It's right. like, boom, that's an easy decision. Some people just overanalyze it and they never take that decision and they get blown past by people who can. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure you, you face that often when you work with clients. What's one of the ways that, you, that you've helped people or that you yourself continue to learn to be decisive? Because so many people struggle. They think the decision is permanent. Uh, I've struggled with it, especially I think so many people who feel like they have a lot riding on the line, they haven't learned to leverage failure to learn faster. Man, the, the word failure there is going to sting some people and they're going to like gloss over that because they've heard this and it's an emotion that's very powerful to think about. But here's the thing is most people talk about the fear of failure. It's not true. What are they really afraid of, AJ? They're afraid of what people are going to say or think about their failure. That's the real thing. We're always worried about what other people think or what they say about us and that is the biggest thing that holds most people back. When you talk to people about, hey, AJ, I want to go on camera and I want to stand on stages. I want to have a podcast, but I'm scared and I don't like the way I sound. I don't like the way I look. I don't, I'm afraid, you know, I just don't like to be on camera. Like they're not telling you they're afraid of being on camera. They're afraid of being judged, dude. They're, right. being, they're afraid of what other people are going to think about them. That's what the fear is. But the thing is, is when you hang around with a bunch of fucking average people, they all said the exact same thing. Like, I'm afraid of failure. 
like, no, you're afraid of being judged. Let's be honest now. Like, let's, let's tell the truth. Now you're not afraid of failing. We fail every single day, dude. You and I, we go to the gym. What's that last set? You failed that last rep. Yeah. You putting that bench press, you're getting that thing off your chest. Like you're going to fail that last rep and you're okay with that. You know, it's going to happen. You fall down, you get back up. It happens. Like we, we fail every single time, every single day in some capacity. And we're used to being, we're used to failing that. We're used, we're used to doing yeah. that. Like it's not a big deal. So we don't really have an innate fear of failure. We have an innate fear of someone seeing us fail. Like ever been walking down the sidewalk and, and stub your toe and like you kind of trip up a little bit. What's right. the first thing you fucking do? <laughs> What's the first thing you do? You look around you look to around. see if anyone saw you, you know, and if someone saw you, you might even like walk with a little limp to act like you meant to do that. <laughs> that's you know so what I mean? True, man. That's, that's, that's good. You're, you're calling it out. And this is what I love about having a guest like you on the show. We, we call out these things. So for those of you who need to hear that again, stop hiding behind failure. Stop. Some of you avoid it. Some of you hide behind it. Well, I don't mm -hmm. want to fail. I'm afraid to fail. No, you're afraid for someone to see you fail. And it's interesting that you use the, the example of the gym because in the gym, people go there really to fail. They go to push <laughs> yeah. and they, it, it's an environment where failing actually is applauded. Like if you don't get through those last few reps, you must be working really hard. You must be really pushing and the grunting that ah, people like to show the struggle. It's indicative mm. of actually making progress. But outside in the business world, we've created and life in general, we've created this atmosphere where if you're failing, you must be doing something wrong. But that's not true in business. If you're failing, you're doing something right. You're yeah. learning. Yeah. So you're doing you're doing something. The thing is that most successful people, they don't really dwell on their failures, man. They just keep pushing and they, they're going to hit a home run at some point. You think about it, I've started nine companies, but people only know three of them. The three that made millions. Like they, they know those names. People know me by those names, LS1 Tech, things like this, performancetrucks.net. Like I've built companies that have grown and made a lot of money. Those are the only things that people remember you by. They don't remember all the things that you tried and didn't work. So you right. got to keep be willing to try. And the thing is, is that, you know, sometimes I get interviewed these times and these podcasts have been on over a hundred shows and people are like, Hey, Tony, what's the biggest failure you've ever had in business? And you know, I'm, I'm thinking like, dude, I don't, I can't really think of anything that created a crater in my mind. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I just really can't. I, I know I've failed. I know I've lost money. I've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars sometimes. Like, but I, but I don't think about that. I think about what can I do to improve? What can I do to mitigate that risk the next time around? What can I, what's the lesson that I can take? Yeah. Maybe I don't, yeah. maybe I don't have a partner next time. Maybe, maybe it's, I need to have different money from a different source to start this company. Or maybe the marketing strategy wasn't right. Or maybe the offer, the value proposition sucked. Like there's all these lessons that you learn. That's how you get better at anything in life, dude. But you nailed it. Like the gym analogies. I love the fitness and business strategies. I mean, I go to the gym six days a week and it's like, you don't get physically stronger unless you fail. I mean, literally, like the muscles building on your body is because you're tearing those muscles down mm -hmm. and then they're rebuilding themselves as a larger, stronger muscle. So you actually get stronger by failing. I'm not encouraging people to go seek failure. That's stupid. Like that doesn't even make right. sense. Like don't think I'm, like, don't, don't go taking this message the wrong way, but you need to like operate out of the fear, like get away from the fear of failure and understand it's part of the process and that. No successful person hits a grand slam on the first bat, man. No one does that. Right, right. And that's that's a really important point I have experienced in my own life. And when I made this shift, it made a big difference. A couple of things. So it's not the fear of failure. It's really the, the fear of being judged by others, which means you lack confidence in yourself and you care too much about 
the opinion and perception other people have of you. I mean, I've gotten some real haters oh, on yeah. online. I've gotten DMs from people I don't even know. Hey, man, you're a dirt poser. You're this or that. I'm like, dude, you don't even know me. And I remember one specific moment I was really pissed off, like for a couple of days. Like, you're going to judge me? You don't know my struggle. But what I had to learn was that it's really an issue with those people. Yep. And, and you talk about business failures. You have three, at least three businesses that are very successful, have made millions, but you've got six other businesses that failed. So at some point, you learned how to uh, leverage failure the right way. So no, people, we don't want you to run toward failure. Don't try to fail on purpose. But what we are saying is move forward, take action, and be okay with things failing because you're going to leverage a failure. So let's talk about that, Tony. How do you leverage failure? You had a failed business, you had a failed opportunity, whatever it is. What's your go-to? How do you process that and leverage it the right way? I think it's kind of like, you know, I'm a risk taker. I'm a adrenaline junkie type person by nature. Even as a kid, I wanted to be a stunt man and kind of just do crazy shit. And I've driven and raced cars over 200 miles per hour. So I'm okay risking things and I'm a adrenaline junkie. Okay, so that's like, I'm a lot different than most people. I get that. But I also apply that same principle to business and I'm, I'm okay getting scars and like getting marred up right. and then getting back up and keep fighting. That's just who I am. That's that's how I'm wired. And I do rub off on people. When I work with my coaching clients, man, they, they get more aggressive and they start thinking in a different mode as well. But the thing is, is that those failures are there for a reason. Like I don't believe like things happen to us, like things happen for us. You know, we, we are the person, whoever you're listening, like if you're listening to this, whoever you are today, you're built by the failures of your life. You're built by the adversity and the challenges of your life. You know, here's the good news. You've survived every fucking thing that's ever been thrown at you so far. Yeah. And you know, when you start to think about some of the challenges that we have nowadays, I call them challenges. A lot of people call them problems. But when you tell it, right. when you say, when you say something like a problem, you basically shut off your brain. You're just like, oh, that's a problem. And most people are wired to avoid problems. But when you go, hey, that's a challenge. Now you're like, I want to step the fuck up and take on this challenge. Like, oh, you want right. you want to doubt me? Like watch this. That's how I think about things nowadays. So everything's a challenge. It's not a problem. Like the same problem that you think that you have, you're listening to this, millions of other people had that same fucking problem. It's not a new problem. Go get the advice from people who have done that thing, who've accomplished that problem yeah. in order to see the challenge. It's a challenge. It's a step. It's a process. It's investing in yourself, taking the actions to get past it, overcoming that adversity. And it's now a challenge. It's more of a fun thing. Like, let me beat this challenge. So that's the, the way I look at failures. Like, okay, that's just a challenge. Like, what am I going to do with this? How am I going to apply this to the next job? So what am I going to do to do better than this? So it's all, it's all a mindset thing. We forget things really quickly and move on. You go look at, you know, we like sports. Go look at people who have made it through the playoffs in any kind of sport, maybe right. top-level quarterbacks. And then the announcer will come in, hey, the, last week when you lost to the Denver Broncos, what was, what was going through your mind? And that quarterback's like, I don't give a shit. That game was last week. Like, like I came in here, I won this game. Why are you asking me about last week? Like, right. Yeah. I showed up today and we won. Like, this is what I'm, I did this today. Like, and next week I'm going to show up and win that game. So it's like winners don't fucking dwell on the past, man. We can't change the past. It's just the history. It's like, that's the lessons, but we can only change this moment. You and I are in this call. We're in a present moment. We can only change this moment. You only control this moment. You don't even get to control the future. You can, course correct to get to the where you want to be but you can only control the moment you're in yeah man that's so good so many so many gems right there and you know really the the whole failure is is necessary it's it's how you realize the areas you're weak in mm -hmm. and so you can correct them and get stronger 
So anyone who is, I mean, Bill Gates has failed more times than I've even attempted. So if I ever want to get to a Bill Gates status, my goal is to be a billionaire by 50. I set that as a goal for myself, but that means I have to find a lot of weaknesses. I have to be aware that I have them. And when you, that mindset shift happens, you don't pursue failure, but you look forward to the opportunity to, for life, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, to show you your weaknesses so you can become strong in it. Yeah. Well, so, you know, the, the weaknesses in verse strengths, that's a good conversation there to have. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I think that... Okay, so personal development. If you're listening to this show, you're definitely in the personal development space. If you listen to my podcast, you're in the personal development space. If you're in the fitness industry, you're in the personal development space. We're always trying to self-improve on a daily basis. That's that's what we should do as humans, like for the rest of our lives, okay? Understand that, yes, we do have weaknesses, AJ. We definitely have weaknesses. We all do, every single one of us. Absolutely. We also have strengths. And we're going to find that the most prosperous opportunities tend to lie with your strengths. So Identify those weaknesses and get better at those, but don't get better at them for the sake of trying to monetize those or, you know, improve in some way of your business. Like you can always hire people to make up for the weaknesses or the blind spots that you have. So think about your strengths, like, like really cherish your strengths and go, man, what am I good at? Am I good at talking? Am I good at leading? Am I good at math? Am I good at design, creative, whatever it is like, find out that strength that you have and go all in on the strength. And that's going to lead you to a lot higher probability of success, but you need to always make be mindful of those blind spots, those weaknesses that you have, and fill in those in on the back end as your self improvement journey. That's yeah, there. That's 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 a key insight right there. And I I like to I like to say for myself, focus on your strengths, outsource your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And you just pointed out something that is a is a little nuance, you know, small adjustment that makes a big change. You need to strengthen your weaknesses, but you also need to understand which weaknesses you should really go all in on strengthening and which ones you don't need to strengthen. You just need to outsource to someone who's better at that thing than you. Because especially when you're leading a business, you're leading a team, uh, I'm in the process now of building out my team further. I'm looking for, I'm evaluating the different areas of business. Should I strengthen this or should I outsource this? Do I need to get better at this or is this something I need to give to someone else? So you consult with businesses. How do you evaluate that? Because there's so many people listening who they need to build a team. They're at that point. They've got to build a team, but they're trying to do everything themselves. So how do you evaluate whether it's a weakness to be strengthened or weakness to be outsourced? Let's start at the top of this org chart. First, let's start with partners, man. There's so many of you out there starting companies with partners that you shouldn't even be in bed with because literally you are in bed with your partner. You're married to that person. And you know, whether you're straight or homosexual, that's not even a funny joke about it. It's just you are in bed with that person. When you have a contract, contractual obligation and you have some kind of a business agreement, guess what? You're splitting all the decisions. You're splitting all the income, all the expenses. You're splitting just like you're married to that person. So you really do a hard look at the person you're thinking that you want as your partner. And would I marry that person? Because that's what you're doing. So a lot of people, I find that they start these companies that would have been very prosperous with one owner. And they got three partners because they just want to be their boys. You know, hey, I'm going to start my company with my friends and we all like each other. and We're going to just start this business. And, you know, and the thing is, is you end up with three guys that own a successful business who are broke because they can't even like, you know, reap the fruits for that labor. It's like, what was the point? So I want to start from the top there. Think about business owners. Like, would you really want to split your decisions, your responsibilities, your risks, all these different people, you know, just someone that you like? And here's the other thing. It's like, you don't want to partner up with somebody who has the exact same levels of skills as you. So if you're, you know, 
a branding marketing guy like you and AJ, AJ, you and I would not be good partners because we have a lot of similar talents. Right. We're both, we're both marketing positioning guys. We're both strategists. We're both coaches. Like we could joint venture on a project and collaborate. No problem. But if we were to go start a brand together, like we have too many of the same strengths. It's like, what was the point there? Right. Right. Like, like I could do that and you could do that. So yeah. why am we, why are we partners? Like, it's like, I was like quarterbacks on a football team. Dude, like, dude, you, yeah. You just need one there playing together Fine. only weakens what we do. It doesn't give us, it doesn't give us the space to be our best. There's not enough Boom. room there. Boom. You're diluted. So you got this person that's really good at something and you're diluting their skills or the, what they bring to the table. So Here's, here's the, people love to visualize and hear stories. So here's the way to think about that. Like a lot of people think, especially when they're new to business ownership, they think that business is like a pie, like, you know, apple pie, like, you know, let's build this pie and we're going to be partners and you get half of the pie and I get half of the pie. And that's how most people really think about this. So your listeners are probably thinking like, yeah, that's how I think about this, but here's where you're wrong. Business partnership is like, you make your own pie. You're like, hey, I got this apple pie and it's the best fucking apple pie in this world. I'm bringing it to the table, bringing this to the picnic. Who's going to bring the best fucking pumpkin pie to this party now? See, it's a different flavor. Someone that's already got an exceptional skill. They've done something different. They're bringing a different flavor to the party. And now you're not splitting pies. You're bringing two pies to the party. That's what you got to think about. Like, this isn't about splitting pies. Like, you want to bring in an equity partner? Like, what is the pie flavor you're bringing to this party? Is it something that complements what we're bringing? You know, think about adding pies, not cutting your pie in half. So that's, that's really the, good. So that's the first visual thing to think about. Like, you know, really assess the people you're thinking about. Dude, I want to do I want a partner. You know, here's the things like our goals in our life change also. Like you may be thinking, yeah, we want to be millionaires. And then let's say you make that first million and the other guy wants to tap out and not do anything and then you're like dude i want to be a billionaire and like you're still driving you're still hungry and you're still crushing it and you got this dead weight partner that's getting half of your paycheck do you really want to see that no because right. the thing is it's very unlikely for people to have the exact same goals over a period of time like we change our priorities change maybe something catastrophic event happens within their family maybe they lose a parent and then they just go on a downward spiral maybe they find narcotics or alcohol and they just go on a downward spiral maybe you're the one that gets fucking lazy and they want to keep going see where this there's like there's all these variables and we can never control other people so you got to really think about long term like do i really want to be in bed with this person for the rest of my life like a marriage it literally is a marriage unless i buy them out or they die you know those are the two options so right you think about it it's like dude no so maybe you're weak at accounting. Maybe you're weak at the legal aspect. Maybe you're weak at the marketing aspect. Hire people, hire freelancers, hire part-timers, hire people with those skills that you don't have because it's a whole lot better to have employees than it is to have partners because they're not taking half your check. They're not making half your decisions. They're not putting in half the risk and reward. So think about that. Can I hire these talents out? Yes, because I don't think there's any, you know, anything out there that you couldn't hire. Think about that. Yeah, actually, this nowadays, especially, yeah, there's nothing that you can't outsource. You can you can outsource your CFO. Uh, You get a part time CFO. You can outsource accounting, anything, and and that's 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 important because I've even I made the mistake a couple times with business partners. The first Mm -hmm. time uh, when I first launched uh, my speaking business, which is where I started, uh, I was talking to uh, a friend, and we were talking about launching together. Ultimately, we decided not to. We made the smart decision because it just didn't make sense. We were going in different directions. We realized it early on. And now he's successfully speaking all over the place with celebrities. And then I'm doing my thing. Mm -hmm. But then the second time, I actually brought on an employee 
with the intention of him becoming a business partner. Here's what happened. And I'd love to get your insights on, on this. He eventually, last fall, just up and left the business. Didn't have the thick skin to go through the hard times. Didn't have the grit to go through and didn't do it the right way. Just mm-hmm. sent an email up and left gone, cut off all communication, blocked us and my entire team and anyone that was re- connected to us on social media. Her business cost us a lot of money uh, and stole you know, laptops from us. But here's what I learned. You've got to properly vet people. Not yeah. everyone is willing to run as hard as you are. And you've got to know, is this person as invested or as tenacious as I am? Because there's some people who can't run with you and other people who, if they tried, you, they would be ruined. You would run yeah. them over because they just don't have it. Yeah. Success leaves clues, right? We've heard that before. Like you can yeah. always look back and see what they've accomplished and look at the damn results in their lives. So I mean, like self-discipline like presents itself in many ways visually without even knowing their backstory. Let's say, let's say like you're meeting your, your potential partner. Maybe you collaborated online and you're meeting in person for the first time and you've never really seen them. And you walk in and this person's actually physically fit. What are you going to imagine right then? Like, okay, they got some discipline. They're actually investing in themselves. There's self-improvement. There's a lot of clues that we pick up on just how people speak, how people carry themselves, the energy that they emit when they walk into a room. All these things are just tangible things that we can visualize. But you look at someone else, it's like, hey, man, AJ, let's start this company, man. Let's just rock this shit. And you're looking at them and they're like 100 pounds overweight and they're got a shitty you know, home life, bad relationships, no real friendships, never had any you know, clues of science of success. Like, why would I like, no, like, dude, you're, you're just talk, man. Like, align yourself with core values, dude. Core values are everything. Most people yeah. don't realize, like, like, we all need personal core values. Even in the, the top of my Facebook group, I have a, a announcement sitting there with the core values that I've determined for that, that brand. And when people go in there, they need to understand what I believe in and how I think. And the thing is, once you come up with your core values, that makes it really easy for you to make decisions because every decision Absolutely. you make, you align it with your core values. Go, is there, is my, is this decision like going against any of my core values? And, and the thing is like, if it is like, then I'm not doing it. So, you know, give, to me, give you an idea for your listeners, what core values are. They may not have even heard what this is, but I'm in the... Arate Syndicate Group. So my mentors are Ed Milet and Andy Frizzella. If you want to go look them up, nine. For those of you listening, both Ed Milet and Andy Frizzella are just giants in business. There's uh, Andy Frizzella in particular. His story is massively inspirational to me and has helped me get through some tough times in business. Uh, but I also want to highlight something you said about values and how mm-hmm. it makes decisions easy. One of my mentors put it this way to me. He said, "When your values are clear, your decisions are easy." So yeah. many people struggle with making decisions because they don't have clear values. I mean, you've got to be ruthless in business. You've got to be willing to say, nope, not going to partner with you. Nope, not going to take you as a client. Nope, we're, we're not going to do this together. And that's typical because, oh, my feelings and I feel bad and this and that. I want to be nice and be friends. Look, in business, stick to your values or you're going to get screwed. You're going to, you're going to mess something up. Totally, totally. The core values are everything. I'm going to read off a couple so your listeners understand what they should be expecting for this stuff. So first... I'll read my personal core values that I'll read. Bring the positive to this world. Constructive consistency always wins. Give more often than you ask. Maintain respect with every interaction. Do what is right, not what is easy. Good isn't good enough when better is possible. Take accountability for your action and your inaction. Strive to become a better version of yourself. 
have fun, make memories and find success. Those are my personal core values. So if something's presented to me and there's a decision that goes against any of those, it's, the answer is no, because it doesn't align with my core values. Yeah. Most people don't realize what their core values are. So I'm going to give you another set. This is the RNT syndicates. Create a positive impact, leadership through action, do the right thing, be humble, hard discipline, commit to dominating. Good isn't good enough. Excellence is essential. Become a lifetime student. So if these are all the core values, you, you really need to think about that. Sit down, do this exercise, sit down on a piece of paper. What do I believe in? What exemplifies not who I am today, but who I wish to become? Right. I, I always think about who I'm going to become. What is that what is that perfect, better version of you exemplify in all areas of life? And then write down those core values. They're real simple sentences. You can even get them printed on a business card and carry it around your wallet if, to remind you until you start to understand what your core values are. And so now when people go, hey, I want to partner up with you, and you go, okay, show me your core values. And if they don't have them, like, you should just be like, well, I, you're not at the same right. level as me, man. Go, go work on yourself a little bit. Go get your core values figured out. Go create some actions. Go get some results, exactly. and then come back to me. You know, I mean, we're all in different levels. So these are just hacks that – you're going to find the most highly successful people have aligned with the core values and they yeah. only partner with people that have every single one of those core values like aligned at some point. Like, yeah, yeah. I can live with that, you know? And, and one insight as well is for those of you listening, watching, this is why successful people do this, why they all have core values because they create structure because so many people are, as you, as you become more successful, you're going to find new opportunities, big opportunities, great opportunities. And you have to be able to, able to evaluate whether or not it's something you're going to do because not every great opportunity is actually a good opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, I've partnered with people who were very successful. And in the end, I found they really were just taking advantage of me. They were getting me to do free work and they were promising this opportunity and this potential. And in the end, they got all the benefit. I got nothing. And that's mm -hmm. my fault, not having my values clear. But then again, I needed that experience to set them. And a lot of our core values come out of these negative experiences where we yeah. realize, you know what, I got I to gotta get set on how I make these decisions. So for those of you, I, I want to let you know that this isn't just something the top entrepreneurs do. This isn't just something Tony does. I do this as well. And so here are uh, some core values that I set for myself and one of my uh, best friends who's a fellow entrepreneur. We have a weekly accountability call. We call momentum calls. And we call these our rules of engagement. Cool. Number one. Make adjustments, not excuses. Mm. We speak and act decisively. We have learnings, not losses. Execution is non-negotiable. We operate at maximum effort. We do what we say we will do, and we do not do what we say we will not do. Uh, we do not allow our emotions to dictate our actions. We don't want your sorry, weak-ass apologies. <laughs> Just That's awesome. <laughs> Those are good, dude. Solid, man. Solid. Uh, today is the only day of the week, not someday or one day. We don't put off for tomorrow what should be done today, and we view fear as an indicator. Boom, dude. I love that last one. Totally. Dude, fear is an indicator. I actually give that in some of my speeches. Like, like you know, the things that we avoid or the things that we fear, those yeah. are the things you got to go like go head on. Like, you got to go crush that shit. And I'll tell you, like, public speaking was one of my biggest fears. I learned that the hard way standing up in a conference room with a thousand people, like at a table. And just feeling the the physiological fears, like all the the sweating and the armpits and the choking right. up throat and the dry mouth and the sweaty palms, like all these things were happening to me. And I was like, 
holy shit, like I'm scared of public speaking. I used to think I was good at this. I gave a hell of a slideshow in a corporate setting with a captive audience. People don't go <laughs> take piss breaks when the boss is talking, right? So that your ego thinks that you're good at something. But I was like, man, I need to go figure this out. Like I never wanted to be put in that situation again. So what I do, go join Toastmasters, go join and find a public speaking coach, put in the reps, made a video every fucking day, like on social media. And I was just so out of my element. My first videos, I was like looking around the camera and like, right. you know, just felt really <laughs> awkward and speaking really monotone and just really one volume and one pitch like this, really boring. Like most people talk like this, dude, terrible. But yeah. I knew that I was going to improve and that's the only way I was going to get better. So I went head on in that fear. Yep. And now I get paid a lot of money staying on stages and I coach other people to speak. And, and you have a top podcast. Dude, I'm I a mean, top 100 podcast and I've, and I'm a president of that Toastmasters group that I joined. Boom. The greatest opportunities are hidden behind your greatest fears, people. Boom, dude. You, just got, you got to run at it. So, man, so much, so much good stuff. And we're, we're nearing the end. So I don't want to uh, and finish this episode without talking about the, your book, The Side okay. Hustle Millionaire. Let's talk about that because that is a really, first of all, it's great branding. I mean, The Side Hustle Millionaire, there's so much appeal to that because there's so many people who want the easy way. Um, and you're, you're, you're appealing to that, but you give them real value in the book. So talk about that. So Side Hustle Millionaire is a book that I had in my brain for about five to six years before I ended up writing it because I had a bunch of bullshit excuses about I don't have time to write and things like this. But over the last 15 years of owning businesses, I always had people coming up to me asking for advice. Hey, Tony, you've got all these companies and you know, could you give me some advice? And I started helping my friends and just the people that knew me. And I've helped friends build seven and eight figure companies. So they're they're like, dude, you should be doing this full time. But I was like, just lying to myself like, oh man, I got this job and I got this degree and I've got 20 years of experience and bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Because I was always afraid of just putting myself out there. That was the honest truth. I was afraid of what other people are going to say or think. Remember this. Right. I was already highly successful, so I didn't really need their approval. I didn't feel like that. It's just that you don't want to like stick your neck out because we're taught to like stay in the pack and like, you know, hide and safety and numbers and all this bullshit. So I said, man, I've got this incredible story, the side hustle millionaire. That's that's a real story. I've got the story and I've been helping people do this and I've been getting results. So why am I being such a bitch? Like, why am I not investing right. in myself <laughs> to become the right person to carry the story? So it's like, fuck it, I'm gonna write this book. So I had some time, I blocked it out of my calendar, just like anything that's important. I prioritized that time. I turned down a lot of dinners and all kinds of shit to write this book. So for four and a half months, I sat down and cranked out this book. And basically, it's the it's the book that people wanted. So I always validate my products or my services before I actually spend any money or time on. This is a business right. lesson I can teach you as a listener. If you got a social media following, even if it's a hundred people, like if you want to create a product or a service, put it out there. Go, hey guys, I'm thinking about this product. What would you do? Like make your offer. Like if it's a hundred dollars or a thousand or ten thousand dollars, like this is what my offer is. Like what do you think? And you're going to get some good feedback or you're going to see right. some interest or maybe they'll even pre-order sometimes. But if you don't get the response, then that means something in your order is kind of fucked up or your offer's fucked up, right? So don't build stuff that people don't want because then you won't sell it and you'll be heartbroken and you'll think like, oh, I'm really bad at this. I'm just never going to do it again. Right. So yep. I wrote this book. So the thing is like me op operating as an entrepreneur for 20 years, I, I was thinking like a medium to advanced level strategy type book, you know, because that's how I live on a daily basis. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to make this awesome book. And so I go on my foot, Facebook, I think I had like 1500 friends at the time. And I said, Hey, I'm going to write this book about starting businesses. What would you like to learn? Like, what are the questions that you would have that you'd like answered in this book? 
And dude, it was like 50 or 60 people started answering, you know, posting these very basic level questions like, what's an LLC versus an S Corp? How do you do marketing? How do you get better positioning? How like very, very basic stuff. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. I I was thinking like advanced stuff and they're asking me real basic stuff. But rather than go, well, I'm only going to write the advanced stuff because that's just who I am. Like, dude, I'm not stupid. Like I write the book, the product that people want. So that's what I did. I wrote this book basically to take you from having those ideas for a business that are rattling around in your head, the ones that you're telling all your friends about someday I'm going to do this. Someday I'm going to do that. Someday I'd like to do this. Like these ideas, like everybody pats themselves on the back for fucking ideas. But the thing is we, people die every day with great ideas. They don't ever do anything with them. Absolutely. So I want to take your ideas out of your skull, walk you through a real simple process to evaluate those ideas against each other, to find out which one is going to give you the best potential for success And then I'm going to start to help you implement the step by step by step, because my goal is to take your idea, extract it out of your head. And at the end of the book, by the time the end of the book is that you have that business in operation, like I've created this business, we've named it properly, we've branded it properly, we've positioned it properly, then that's the end of the book. So that's really idea to operation. That's that's the whole goal of that book. Man, that's that's and so that's that's a great resource. And we'll make sure for those of you listening, watching, we'll link it in the show notes so you can get the book. Uh, man, Tony, you've dropped so much value on this. I, as I take notes, I'm, I'm looking at all the things that our listeners are going to learn on this episode, from mindset to uh, setting your values, how to set your values, uh, when to have a business partner, when not to, how to evaluate that. Uh, I mean, this has been a masterclass, really in in business. So people definitely get get Tony's book. But here's a question I always like to ask every guest uh, as we close out the show. What's next? This is the brand domination show. So for you, what's next? What's the next level of domination in your life and your business? For me, it's getting on bigger and bigger stages. So uh, this Monday, is, it's funny, this opportunity is recording. This Monday, I'll be flying out to Los Angeles to be on television morning show like for the first time for this coaching in the book thing. I've been on radio and I've been on over 100 other podcasts. I've stood on a lot of stages, but 2020, I'm going to really start pushing on the speaking events because I have a lot of passion for that. I'm a journaling junkie, dude. I'm the stunt man, remember? I want to go stand on stages yeah. and get that rush and just like impact people. And if I can make them cry and laugh, like that's powerful, dude. That's the skills that I'm learning from guys like Ed Milet, who is really the best speaker out there for, as far as I'm concerned right now. I want to learn from the best in the world for me. We have a very similar style. We're tough love. We just give it to you. We we don't want to sugarcoat things and handhold you and make you feel like you, you know, like there's motivation, but there's different types of motivation. We want to like, dude, just fucking go do it. You know, like quit this shit. Like quit hanging around with the assholes like that drag yeah. you down and suck, <laughs> suck your energy. Like these are the real tough talk. love thing. Dude, we like real talk. We want, and that's how you get real results. Like too many people out there like, oh, let's let's, let's all love each other and let's just I'll get along. And, you know, that's yeah. cool. I agree with all that stuff, but it doesn't drive people into action. So, and that's a big difference on the stage, the, the motivational speakers, like yeah. you, you're not trying to get people motivated. You're trying to get people to take action. Yes. That huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I drive actually some of my friends who are very unmotivated, crazy, but it's funny because I'll take calls from them like months later, like, all right, I caved, man. I want to do this now. You know, it's like my messaging is on point, man. I'm very consistent about the message. Like I don't like lax up on you. And just because, you know, like I'll do a lot of gym check-ins. If you go follow me on Instagram, you'll see me. I'll check in at the gym all the time. And like some people would be like, oh man, why are you always checking the gym? Because like, because I'm fucking reminding you that I'm still fucking going. I'm pushing it while you're fucking lazy. That's right. why I do it. Right. So then they're like, damn, like you're right. And so now they'll see me. <laughs> it's funny because I get these messages like they'll see me check in at the gym and they're like, 
I'll get this DM and be like, motherfucker, like I wasn't feeling like going until you pushed that photo. So like, good, get your ass to the gym. <laughs> hey man, I'll tell you what, I keep, I, 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 check, I follow your Instagram and I see you at the gym and I've, I've just started going back to the gym uh, last week. I, I, I was out for a while. I, I broke my hand. I took out, and then I just took too long off, but it, it's encouraging. It's encouraging to see yeah. people and my Instagram feed. I had someone ask me at an event uh, that I was speaking at a couple weeks ago. I noticed on your Instagram, you only follow like a hundred people. Like, why, what's, why don't you follow anyone? And I told her, because I keep my feed clean. I don't want to mm -hmm. see your content unless you're someone who's pushing or you're someone whose content actually adds value to my life. Yeah. So I'm not going to follow you. Uh, and you're one of those people, I see you checking out the gym, doing the deadlift. Oh, a new record. And I'm like, you know what? I, I, I gotta, you just got to surround yourself with yeah. people who are always pushing so yeah. that you are constantly surrounded by reasons to not have excuses for why you're not pushing. That's a good, that's a great tip, man. Just curate your feed, guys. If you've got people scrolling across your Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever the hell feed you're looking at, and they're robbing energy or creating some kind of a negative emotion within you, get rid of them. Get rid of those people. Unfollow, unfriend, create proximity. That's going to be the big, big, biggest tip that's going to shift your life. And if you're out there following news channels and you get all emotional, whatever side, you know, there's a lot of politics crap going on right now, whatever side you're on, if things are like, if you're following Fox or CNN and things are creating some kind of an emotional stir within you and it's kind of ruining your day, they're mind controlling. They're mind fucking you is what they're doing. And they under, they're, they're the best at it. They created this. So unfollow that shit too. Unfollow all of that shit. Anything that's making you feel bad or feeling insecure, like get rid of that shit from your life. Absolutely. Man, so much good stuff. Uh, Tony, I appreciate you being on the show, dropping a ton of value, uh, another in every episode just it gets better and better with people like yourself. Um, where can everyone connect with you if they want to follow you, see your gym check-ins and realize they need to stop slacking? There you go. So everything's easy. It's on one website. I keep it simple. Things that we learn, right? So 365driven.com. So with these 365driven.com, you'll find links to my book, my podcast, and all my Instagram and everything. Everything's from that one website. Cool, man. We will link that in the show notes. Tony, again, appreciate you being on the show. People, that's been another episode of the Brand Domination Show. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you uh, leave us a rating. Drop a review, an honest review. Let us know if you love the episode, if you thought it sucked, whatever it is, leave a review, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace.